1: in with Lou Carbone, a thought-provoking opportunity to expand your perspectives and advance the impact you can make in the CX, EX, and patient experience space. Lou's undeniable combination of the depth of experience and knowledge in this space is unparalleled. As a driver inside organizations as well as consulting, Lou offers distinctive thought stimulation as a dedicated mentor and teacher. My guest today is a very, very special person in my life uh, in terms of being an incredible role model and having spent time uh, with David Speakman on one of the most incredible speaking engagements I ever had, which was on board a cruise ship uh, that went from Barcelona to Genoa to Marseille and back to Barcelona. And it was one of the great experiences of my life. I got to know David and his family and his extended family at Travel Counselors and the success that he had in building an extraordinary organization. I'm talking to David today from Monaco, uh, which is very exciting. Monaco itself is an experience unto itself. And David is a serial entrepreneur, extensive understanding of the travel business, really enjoys building, uh, enjoys restaurants. He's an incredible speaker. Uh, Chris Daffy, a dear friend of uh, both David and I, had David at several of our workshops and he is an incredible presenter uh, he's a business mentor, and I'm going to have to seek his counsel on business mentoring. Uh, he is absolutely phenomenal, and I'm so glad to have you with me today, David. Thank you so very much.
0: Uh, thank you, Lou. But uh, <laughs> I don't know whether I can live up to what you've just said.
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so David. Uh, If you could tell the story of travel counselors a bit, it was the most amazing group of people that I met in terms of enthusiasm and being bonded to the organization. And I recall that uh, your net promoter score was so high that Fred Reichel had contacted you (laughs) to understand um, the phenomenon of how high the net promoter score was with customers?
0: Yeah, well, Travel Councils, I set up in 1994, which seems hell of a long time ago now. Um, I'd had a restaurant. Well, I'd been in various businesses, but I had a restaurant and been very successful. And then uh, I opened another one. Uh, I sold that one, the first one, and opened another one, and then lost all our money. And my original business was in travel, but in travel agencies uh, on the high street, on the uh, you know in shopping malls and things. So I thought, I can't afford that, I came, I had no money, um, we had to start again, but I loved travel, and I loved travel agents, uh, people who were, who were specialists in advising, I, I just loved that. Uh, it was, you know, they were uncrowned people of the travel industry in a way. Uh, so. I thought, I'll open travel agencies, but working from home. Now, it's not, it, wasn't, it wasn't new, if you will. It was new to the UK. But it also is in the United States. But we wanted to be a little different. We wanted to not have it part-time. In the States, it was usually part-time. Um, and we wanted to have full-time people. Working from home, uh, self-employed. So they had to motivate themselves. And we shared the commission with them. Um, And we became the enablers. We became the enablers for, uh, we did all the compliance. We did all the deals. And we did all the technology. And I have to say, we also did the emotion of, we, we created the glue in the business. And it's quite interesting now, I'll just not digress, but I'll just, What's happened, people are working from home now, and I think uh, you know because of this COVID thing. And what they don't understand is when you work from home, you have to be stronger at the core as a business because that's the glue, that's the culture. And I was speaking to someone yesterday in the United States, and we've got a, an investment in the United States, and he was telling me, the CEO was telling me that basically it's a problem in the United States because people working from home, And it's only about, if you will, the money. And it's only about can I work from home or can I work fewer hours? Whereas, you know, you can't add value to, you know, you can't collaborate. You can't have a joke in the office. You can't look after the families. You can't look after the kids. All those things, you know, all that glue, all that emotional glue. And you can't do that when you, oh, I'll just work from home. That's me. Because that's all. You're just earning money. You know, because there's no joy in it. Well, you know, you might get a kick out of doing a, you know, a new code or something like that if you're a developer. But there's no real joy in it. There's no there's no personal relationships that you get in business in work because work should be enjoyable. So we created, <clears throat> and at first, obviously, we had to create uh, an environment where we made money. Uh, we had we started from nothing. We and I mean nothing. In fact, we started from minus 250,000 pounds, but that's a different story. And we built the business, and we realized once we once we knew we would survive, we realized it wasn't really about what we sold, per se. It was about how we sold it. And it was about the trust that we – it was the value that we gave to people, which is price plus ourselves, our passion. Our belief, our emotion, our knowledge—all those things—and that was the difference. And that is what I believe in, and I think that's what customer service, customer X, customer experience should be. And over the years, you see so many people—you know, like yourself—you you you're at the treadmill there, telling people about CX. People write things down. I'm sure, uh, Lou, they write things down and say, well, all right, I'll implement this." And then this happens. Uh, Covid, or, you know, just before pre-Covid, you go and you see customer experience, and you think that is so poor. Why did you go on the course for God's sake? You know, <laughs> because it's you know, had you got your earplugs in, were you listening at all? You know, and so so that's you know that so travel counselors. So what we did, we built it up to about I left into I sold in two thousand eighteen completely. Um, I built it to about 1,500, 1,600 people. We were turning over something like $500 million in turnover. We had the highest MPS score uh, in the world, and I was really proud of that. I have to say, as a qualifier, obviously we sold holidays, but we didn't operate the holidays. But our service that we gave to the customers and the loyalty that engendered, that's why people gave us the best NPS score. Um, we had a score something like 95, if, and if you know NPS, 95 is pretty good, right? The best one usually is Arlie Davidson, which is 84, 85. We had 95, but we had probably 20% of our people at 100%, which is like unknown. And we used to, we used to incentivize people based on, not on money, Right, not on sales, but on NPS. Right, so so therefore it was a conscious effort to push customer service, and that's what we did. And we used to give a BMW car every year uh, to the top uh, net promoter score uh, person. Uh, And you you create all these. You know, we had a great time. You were on the cruise, uh, speaking on the cruise, and you know. I remember distinctly that particular one. Uh, The theme was uh, belief, believe. And uh, that uh, one of our people who worked for one of our travel counsellors, with two L's I have to say in the UK, not one L in counsellors, yeah, two L's. (laughs) uh, She came out from the back and sang the Maria Maria Carey hit, uh, Believe, and everybody stood up holding hands and there were tears and everything. And that is part of the gloom. That was part, that's what you, you know, you create a family that people look after each other, you know, and that's what life's about to me. You know, I, is it just about the money? It's never about the money, but what happens if you do it right? It's surprising. You get the money. It,
1: it, David, what's so amazing is the incredible experience that you had with the remote workforce and keeping them motivated and keeping them engaged and building that relationship with them, which is something that many organizations are experiencing for the first time as we enter into COVID in this period of time that we're living in. You made a wonderful observation that was that CX is being sacrificed at the moment, and the danger of sacrificing it on the altar of COVID. That there is basically a COVID cop-out that uh, we, almost every support line that you call says, due to heavy volume as a result of COVID. And uh, we're in a very dangerous period of time. Would you expand on your thinking on that in terms of the dangers that we face being able to use an excuse like COVID?
0: Right. Whew. Yeah, I can. But it, I think... Right, let me... And I don't know if this is politically incorrect, but this is what my experience is. I think there is. there is a problem with capitalism at present. And I'm talking, you know with big co if you will i always was brought up that um you know I, I built businesses not big ones but you know fairly sized ones and i loved taking the big boys on because i was i was sharp i was more flexible i could do all those things and i loved it and that's you know you want to win you want to win that's again part of the joy not just the money but that's part of you know i've won at chess i've won at uh, I've won at football, soccer, I've won at uh, business, yeah? And again, not keeping score per se, but I've beat the big boys. And the problem is that's because I could compete and there's an environment of competition, which is part, which is a fundamental in capitalism. And I find that big corner buy up all the small guys and they stultify competition. And when you stultify competition, you can be lazy. You can be arrogant. You don't have to do the things you should do because there's no competition in the marketplace or there's less competition in the marketplace. And I'm I'm shocked because, you know, remember, you have a fantastic brand and I've seen it so many times, particularly in travel. You have a great customer experience, look at cruises. Yeah, you know, great customer experience when they first start as a brand. And then, you know, you get big co coming along and accountants, their accountants come in. You know, and if you have a smaller towel in this bathroom in the cabin, right, and we made all the towels smaller, and you have 5,000 customers a week, 20,000 towels a week, less detergent, right, cheaper to buy because we'll make smaller towels. And I know that's, you know, an odd uh, example, but to be honest, it's that kind of thing that you see accountants coming in and, and stopping and ending good customer service you know they are there are interference on good customer service like i said going back about the capitalism thing no competition people get lazy and i think what you've seen now i think you've seen big co or you know um big companies now hurting people i mean we can talk about the bad customer service but if you look at the big guys in here now um, particularly the airlines. I mean, I'm talking particularly about travel at present and we'll talk about in general, I could talk about it in general, but in travel, um, airlines refusing to refund customers. They broke a contract. They breached a contract. They refused to pay a customer back. When, the, when, when COVID stopped, right? In the UK, and I don't know about America, I think it's again about the US, I think it was the same. Airline said, no, we can't pay you. We're not paying you. And it's a legal requirement in the EU that you repay somebody who can't fly, you know, because it's been canceled. And this still to this day, many of them are still refusing and that's 18 months later, yeah? No, there's fudges, you know, like, sorry, you can't get through. Um, can you fill in this form? No, can you fill in 25 forms in order to get your money back? You know, like, where is, where is the integrity? And, you know, I sometimes wonder, and, and we're getting on a bit, aren't we, Lou? You know, we still think we're young at heart, but you just wonder, which schools do the, which colleges do these guys go to? Which business schools do they go to? I always remember saying that my, my first bank manager ever, you know, when I, when I was in business, and that, my first loan from a bank manager, and he said to me, he says, you know, David, he says, we all rent to the same college, Right? Meaning that banks treat you the same. Every bank treats you the same. They all go through the same process. And I just think big co do. Where is the integrity? You get some, usually smaller entrepreneurs, yeah, who want to do the right thing by people. But big co don't particularly want to do that. Big companies don't want to do the right thing. You know, like, if it's right that you have not provided the service that you've been contracted to serve, to, to, to deliver, why do you not pay when it's you know and it's a legal requirement so you do everything you can not to pay what about insurance companies i don't know whether this happened in the i'm sure it happened in the us but in the uk insurance companies or people took insurance out for business interruption and some of the clauses included covid or similar pandemics yeah as soon as the pandemic you claim for loss of loss of profit loss of turnover loss of whatever yeah, insurance companies have had to be taken to the high court in the UK in order to pay out, right? Because the definition, well, I need to clear the definition. The defi- listen, business interruption, nobody's in work. <laughs> like, what, what do you not say there?
1: Yeah.
0: And, and, it, and I think sometimes, yes, it's about customer service, but it goes to the fundamental. Where were you? Where were you educated? You know, there's a thing in the the golden rule: treat people the way you would expect to be treated yourself. Yeah, yeah. And it's in every it's in every religion. You know, Ten Commandments. It's in Buddhism. It's in it's in Hinduism. It's in every it's in every you know, in one way or another. It's in Islam. And you say, treat people the way you would expect to be treated, and it's the golden rule. And yet, people don't think about that. You know, and I've been so disappointed. Um, yeah, so that's that's where I stand. I think that, I mean, there's a lot, I, I'll give you an example. My daughter lives in the States um, and she moved house uh, about four or five weeks ago. And uh, she had to move her Xfinity account, Xfinity, yeah, yeah, that's uh, TV, yeah. She had to move the account from one place, one house, to another house. So she gets on the phone and they have these chatbots, yeah, chatbots, chatbots. She was on the phone three and a half hours. <laughs> and i am not spoken to anybody. I've not spoken to a person. I've spoken to a, a you know, a recorded message kind of saying press three and moves me on to another person. And after three and a half hours, it still wasn't resolved. Who thinks of these systems? I just don't know. You know, it's not, it's not customer friendly. Does it save money? But does it? And you know what? The greatest thing that will come out of this, and I'm sure it will, yeah, is people will step forward with relationships and you can speak to somebody and you can get things sorted. And the big regeneration now in the UK travel industry is that everybody wants to be with a travel agent now because they handle people when there's problems like this.
1: David, do you think that uh, a big part of what is happening with the uh, COVID situation is businesses seeing an opportunity to really reduce operating costs and, and sacrifice customer experience to a degree.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, for, for a couple of reasons, well, the main reason they've not probably a lot of them have no money, right? Let's be clear. This is like, this is devastated business. So I can understand to a certain extent. Yeah. But, you know, and, and I'll use infinity as an example. And I, I shouldn't prove Well, I mean, I, I can prove it. It happened. So I'm, I can't be slanderous. <laughs> what is it? Is that the first amendment as well? It can't be. anyway. So, so like, for instance, more people have watched TV, so there's more people joining infinity. So why should it be worse customer service? Surely it should be better customer service. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I you know, I, I do think that people have cut costs and some have had to cut costs, but you know, It's still, is it an excuse to just cut customer costs and say, um, listen, I've I've, I've, I've reduced customer costs because, because why? And I do think the opportunities in the future will be when people step forward, entrepreneurs step forward and start giving personal service, right? Because that, because the pendulum always, always swings the other way. And, and I just see it, you know, and there's so many opportunities for entrepreneurs after this to say, listen, I'll do it different and you can trust me. And this is the era of people, because the pendulum sung so far, it's been a great excuse to give back customer service, to cheat people, to cheat, let's say cheat people, I'm not saying affinity, I'm sort of saying insurance companies, airlines, cheating you're cheating if you breach contract and you and you pretend you can't answer the phone that's cheating in any way shape or form that's cheating and now you turn around you say hey trust me trust me i'm a good guy and that is i think there's massive opportunities and i think that that anyone any 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 entrepreneur worth his salt is going to step in there And, and and i love it because that's the language my language language of emotion language of relationships you know like let's talk about relationships I mean, what a great bonus for anybody who's dysfunctional serving the customer. Now you can put a mask on. You can, you know, you don't have to smile. You know, what did you used to say on oh, sure when you go smile and say nice things and be nice and you know, and show the customer to the bedroom and do this and do that and smile, right? And now you say, oh no, put your mask on. Scowl. You can do what you want. Oh, well, I am smiling underneath. No, you're not. I can tell. You know, you can take dysfunctional people on who don't smile all day and you can say, put a mask on and we'll tell them you're smiling,
1: right? Excellent. Uh, David, uh, if you had advice that you would give to people that are literally uh, sacrificing uh, the experiences that are created as a result of, of COVID and do you think that it's fear Uh, what is motivating these people and what advice would you give them in terms of strengthening their position long term rather than weakening it
0: with this kind of covid
1: cop-out
0: look at the opportunities now is the time to step up is it not you don't always be out of step that's what businesses should be like i'm now to step so everybody starts saying listen, we won't give customer service, or we're going to have to cut back on staffing. Go through an airport, you go through security, yeah? Where there might be 10 lines of security open, there's two. So yeah, but there's fewer customers. Yeah, but you've you've adjusted for that. The customer's still waiting longer. These are the, oh, well, we can't afford it. Nah, that's the reason. You know, these are the things, can you just imagine that in this day and age of COVID and bad customer service, and use the excuse, COVID maybe, but poor customer service, you are a shining star. This is the opportunity to be different because that's the thing that set people by is the differential. Excellent.
1: David, um, your wisdom and your experience and your perspective. I still remember uh, the one, uh, one of the workshops that you did with Chris and I and you advised the audience and said, it's not about the money. It's about the experience and the money will follow. And uh, I, I thought that was so brilliant in terms of an understanding of what Peter Drucker has always said, which was the purpose of a business is to create value. Exactly. And the reward is profit. And I think that you and the work that you did with travel counselors way ahead of its time in terms of a remote workforce, keeping people integrated. Uh, You did such an outstanding job of creating value and the value pays off. Um, And uh, how do you keep people to, how do you keep leadership in an organization to stay focused on creating that value is when there's pressures that they look at in p and and don't invest in the customer experience and are continually trying to look for a direct roi
0: yeah i mean the thing is people you know it's, it's become unfashionable for people to do what they love our travel counselors love selling travel they love travel and they love people so they're special people they're not, they're not somebody who who sits in with earplugs in all day and does coding, and computers, and software, and that, I'm not denigrating them, but sometimes they're not socially adept. They're not socially adept. And you get certain kind of people in customer service, yeah, who face the customer, who are customer adept. And in travel, travel agents do that. And they love looking after people. You know, they love putting a smile on people's face. You know, like a chef would do a nice meal, beautiful meal, right? His satisfaction is not counting the money in the till. Of course, that's part of Let's you know, that, that shows success, but you can go to the table and say, have you enjoyed your meal? And the, and they said to the chef, chef, that was the best meal I've ever had. Wow. That's the emotion of it. Yeah? Yeah. So what we did, like, you needed, they, the travel counsellors, each individual travel counsellors, needed their customers to trust them. So, you know, the, the trust thing is credibility, reliability, uh, intimacy, yeah? And, and selflessness so when you do that we as the core as the leader we had to do the same we had to get people to trust us I always remember I went to all right, we we had a we had about hundred people in Ireland uh, um, Irish travel councils and the press were there at one of the conferences and they said uh, I believe mr. Speakman, very you know, mr. Speedman very uh, very respectful <laughs> that uh, that you say this is a cult and i say by all means it's a cult definitely it's a cult <laughs> it's a belief it's a belief system of course it is and you know we were leaders we had fantastic head office staff we led we were brave we told it how it was and we said to people our travel councils, if you're not successful." You have to look at yourself. I did that, you know. When I, I had four or five businesses, and I've I've had a one bad one, but I've I've lost money in other things in my time. And the and don't blame anybody else. Don't don't blame the weather. Don't bl- to be honest. Don't blame COVID. Right? You blame yourself. You are the manager of that business, and you you complete you sort your own destiny out. You're in charge of your own destiny. And so all our people, we said, listen, you do the right thing by people. But if you're not successful, don't blame anybody else but yourself, right? Because I can prove that 95% of our people are successful. And if you're one of the 5%, don't say it's just rained on your parade. Now, that said, the structure of travel counsellors was such that we were always available. We never, like we didn't have... Um, we didn't have kind of area managers and, and we, didn't, we didn't have layers and layers of bureaucracy. Anybody could speak to me. And I was the boss, I was the owner. Anybody could speak to me, you know, so they had access. And if someone was falling on hard times, we'd look after them. And that gets round that, you know, you can trust this guy, you can trust this company because they will look after you. Like during the, during the school holidays, we used to have uh, TCTV, Travel Counselors TV, and we used to do games for kids you know kids who were at home and then the parents could work properly and still you know and all those things so we created glue we had a fund of looking at uh, fun, looking after people who fell on hard times you know because sometimes you know somebody the husbands might have a, a, an accident at work they weren't all women uh, the, the spouses might have accidents at work and therefore they can't operate as well as they should we did all kinds of those things but that's part of the emotion and that's part of the gloom. And that's part of, from their perspective, that was part of, of the emotion and the added value. Yeah. Yeah. So just as you go and you and, and deal with customers, they were our customers, just as you deal with customers, you have to add value and added value. And, and it's value that you sell, not price. Price plus all those other things, trust, et cetera, et cetera. That's the value, yeah? And and you don't make excuses, we weren't the most expensive, but we probably weren't the cheapest, right? We were very competitive and we gave great value. And people, I think, understand that. You don't know, the famous thing like people come on price, but they also leave on price. Yeah. You know, you know, that that, and you have to understand, you know, I always remember when I had a travel agency, a conventional travel agency. So one of my staff came up to me and said, uh, they've been to such and such a travel agency and they've got like 5% reduction, you know? And I said, right, uh, okay, can we match it? I said, no, you've given, you. why do you think they've come to you? Why do you think they've come to you? They've come to you because you've given more value. Yeah, You know, that, that's why they're there. Now, obviously, somebody will try and get this discount, but will they leave? Because... And, you know, just say, listen, if you leave, and I've always said this, if you leave, this is to a customer, if you leave, you can always phone me. Now, yeah. the, it's counterintuitive that because most people say, if you leave, well, get lost then because I don't like you anymore because you're not dealing with me. Yeah? No, no, no. Play on their emotions that, wow, this guy is, is a really good. These people are really good people. And they're there for me, even having not bought from them, yeah? That's what we used to
1: do. David, you are remarkable. Um, An absolute genius in terms of your perspectives. I admire you and and, uh, my regards to your lovely family that uh, I got to meet and spend time with on the cruise. Uh, You are remarkable. Thank you for taking time to share your perspectives with uh, folks on this podcast. I I value your, your perspectives, your view, and the spirit of volunteerism that you supported your entire staff with. Uh, I was a remarkable culture that you, you created with remote workforce. And I I think that the wisdom that you have in that area, your knowledge has turned into wisdom. And uh, thank you for sharing your wisdom uh, and the warnings around the COVID cop-out.
0: Yeah, Thank you so very,
1: very much. God bless you and your family. Uh, You are a remarkable dear friend, and I'm so glad to be uh, and grateful that you have entered my life through Chris Daffy, and uh, it's one of the blessings in my life.
0: It's okay. Thanks, Lou. It's been a pleasure. Uh, you know, I always like talking about myself. There's, that, that's, that's the only thing. Rather than talk to myself, I talk about myself, so it's been good. We've really enjoyed it. I've really enjoyed it, and, uh, and love to your family, and keep in touch.
1: Thank you so much for listening to Clued In with Lou Carbone. If the advancement of the practice of experience management's financial and emotional impact drives you, please reach out to Lou on LinkedIn or visit experienceengineering.com or email us at info at expeng.com.
0: Thanks for joining us for this session of CXFM of Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show, and visit CXFM.org for more resources.